Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a volunteer leader in your local congregation, Ministry in Motion is designed to offer you resources, cutting-edge ideas, relevant training, and inspiration for your ministry. Our topic today is Life Hope Centers, and our very special guest is Pastor Doug Venn, who is the Global Mission Urban Center Director for the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Welcome, Doug. Great. It's, it's great to be here, Ivan, with you. I am excited about what we're going to deal with today. I've heard a lot about Life Hope Centers, and I know it deals with maybe trying to reach people in the cities, but what is a Life Hope Center? What does that mean? What is it all about? Well, we're wanting to follow the example of Jesus as he ministered in our cities in a holistic way. And so that's where following Christ's method alone, where he sympathized with the people, he mingled with them, he met their needs, he won their confidence, and then he said, follow me. And so we're wanting to follow that model. So a Life Hope Center or an urban center of influence, as another term that we use, is a place that can be where the community and the church meet, kind of a third space, and so that way needs are being met. And so then that way people over time are then discipled into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Wow, you know, this sounds like almost a change of view. Uh, for so long the people came to the church That's and the right. church waited for the people to come. That's right. But now with the Life Hope Centers, it sounds like this is going to where the people are. That's right. That's are right. there any historical examples of this? Well, if we look back in, uh, in San Francisco, we see one model there where one local church with a, a small team, they were able then to meet uh, and minister to the people who were working on the ships. They gave language classes to the Japanese and uh, Chinese immigrants back at the turn of the century. They also then were able then to uh, feed the homeless. They also went to all the business leaders and they uh, asked them two questions. They told them what they were doing and they said, will you join us in financially supporting this work to feed the homeless and care for the orphans and that uh, that kind of ministry, so self support our uh, work there. But then they also said, if you have any jobs, because when they were out going door to door in these communities uh, of that part of San Francisco, then they'd find a, a maybe a carpenter who needed work. And so they would then be able to say, you know, you could go over to this place and find a job. So they served in this coordinating role. And that small group, uh, we had one of our um, Adventist uh, historical you know, writers, one of my heroes of faith, Ellen White, she was able to go there and she saw this wonderful model of ministry. It was holistic and it was going seven days a week and, you know, for years. And she called that a beehive. And so that's that kind of model there we see in at least early Adventist history at the turn of the century in San Francisco. Wow. You know, most people today, Doug, live in the cities. Um, what if I wanted to start my own Life Hope Center or a Life Hope Center for a congregation? How would I do that? Well, first of all, uh, as a local church leader, you'd want to go on your knees and say, God, what are you calling us as a church to do? What are you calling me to do? And 
what are the needs in this community. So it has to be based on this foundation of prayer. Then we have to go out of the four walls of the safety of the church and actually then meet with uh, community leaders or, or uh, community health or, you know, the government or local uh, uh you know, business people, the people who have a pulse on the neighborhood. So then that way to find out what are the needs of that community. Mm. So after we uh, then survey uh, the community, we have that prayerful motivation. Then we start to say, well, what's in our hand? What can we do? What's our capacity as a local church? And then to start seeing how can we serve, maybe we can't do everything, but maybe the local church could serve in a coordinating role. And so then that way, kind of connecting like what was done there in San Francisco. So those are a couple steps. Then the next step would be where that what would be our plan after we've been able to see what is our capacity to, to do this, to meet these needs, to find these community partners. And then from there, we would then make a plan, make a proposal some things can get, actually get started right away in the local church. Maybe it's a daycare center. Maybe it's a preschool or a kindergarten that actually needs to be started. And the local church has the capacity to do that. We at the General Conference are wanting to partner with um, our local churches around the world to help initiate and start these Life Hope Centers in our un, most unreached cities around the planet. And so this is, uh, you know, these are a few steps that uh, the local church can take to to get that, uh, you know, Life Hope Center started. Wow, that sounds very practical. Um, and it also sounds incarnational, living where the people are. Now, you know, so often in the past, churches have acted as if they've, they know what their community needs. But uh, really, we need to find out what the community needs. And so, what would you say the benefits would be for a church community uh, assessment or um, finding out how to best meet the needs of a city? Well, one benefit is that we would, once we find what those needs are, we would then also, whether you do a door-to-door -door survey or if you meet with government leaders, uh, we had a chance to do this when I was serving in Bangkok. We actually had a uh, one of the students of our uh, Life Hope Center, we called it, something else in Thai, but anyway, it's an urban center of influence at, at this center. Uh, she was came to study English, but she was on the local like uh, community action uh, board. And so once she got to know us, she said, you know, I can arrange a meeting between your organization and the community, um, uh, you know, group of uh, elders or these leaders in Thai, it's Kanagamagan Chumchon. So anyway, okay, that's what, that's what it is there. But so in that community uh, where we gathered the two groups together, our leaders in the local church and our church plant and these community leaders, then we got to talk honestly. And then that's where we said, well, this idea work here. And they said, no, we've tried that. And so, so we scrapped that idea. But then they said, but if you helped us train. We've got these uh, volunteers who are helping with health and they need training. Is that something you can do? And so we then were able to then find that niche, that door to open to the community that we then had the support of the community leaders. We had the support of that neighborhood and to actually meet those needs. And that was something we could do. Wow. So making a, having an assessment is huge. Yeah. 
there's another part of the assessment that also not only finding those community partners, but then also that assessment helps us as the local church because there may be some young adults, maybe some of these uh, retirees or people that maybe aren't actually engaged in that urban mission, in that urban, you know, maybe they just come to church or maybe they're not even in church. And so this is something right now that in, that assessment is also for us inside. So then that we would say, you know, this young person, this graphic designer, this, you know, <laughs> a retired teacher, they're needed right now in this place. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back. Stay tuned. There'll be more from Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We have a special guest. His name is Pastor Doug Venn, who is the Global Mission Urban Center Director for the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Doug, welcome back. Hey, great. Thanks, Ivan. You know, many people live in the city. Let's take New York City, for instance. Okay. How in the world can we assess that community or that city to try to meet their needs. I mean, there are millions of people that live there. Yeah, great question. And I know that uh, this is the same question that every city faces to say, where do we start? Right. And so I had a chance uh, in 2013 to um, spend a month in New York City. And this is where I partnered with the Greater New York Conference there, uh, that region. And uh, we were able then in Manhattan uh, we were starting our work there at the Life Hope Center there near Bryant Park. And that's where we had to, we conducted a demographic study just to look in a one mile radius to say who lives here. And that's where we found out that there's not very many homeless people. And the average person on, you know, according to this uh, demographic study, that the average person walking on the street there is making $150,000 a year. And, you know, they may not have a car. And so we learned so much information from that demographic study. So that's one source. Another source is that we actually went to City Hall there. And we learned from the... Um, the uh, Manhattan borough, they were actually giving grants, community grants, because they had already done the needs assessment. So we just had to, you know, find out what they needed. And, you know, Ivan, what their number one uh, thing that they were giving grants was for there in Manhattan with all these skyscrapers, they were looking for community gardens. Wow. And so because they were trying to, you know, uh, meet that need. And so we would never as a church have figured out, you know, just we're just starting out. We would maybe try to set up a homeless, uh, you know, to feed the homeless. But that would have been a complete mismatch in <laughs> Manhattan. And so that's where right now we have to listen and learn, you know, what are those resources there and in New York City? I want to take us to another country in Asia, in Indonesia. There I had a chance to which is one of the largest Muslim countries of uh, on the planet and here we were in another part of the city and there we went to actually the imam and said what are the needs here and he said in this part of the neighborhood uh, in our area we actually need a farmer's market because all these farmers are coming from around the territory to set up shop but right now there's no coordination they're all bringing the same product you know and they, we got a plate we need a place to prepare it for market and so by us going to whether government leaders or other religious leaders, we're able then to actually, uh, you know, find out what is that pulse. And we have to do our own survey there. But 
I know that, again, whether it's, you know, community garden in Manhattan or in Indonesia having a farmer's market, these things would never have come into, at least my mind, to, uh, as ways to meet those needs in those urban communities. But by talking to the, the community leaders, then we find, uh, you know, we find the answers. You know, Doug, you, uh, you are hitting on something that's huge. Basically, you're giving churches congregations permission to ask their community what they really need. That's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a very relevant question. Yeah. How can we serve you? Yeah. All right. So say I know we need a Life Hope Center in the city that I live. How do I write a proposal? Yeah, well, it's really easy, and there will be a link on the website so that you can go there and actually there is a really helpful template that you can actually go through and say, you know, uh, what does the community say are the needs? And so that way you can either do surveys. I know of one uh, uh, group, uh, some friends in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. they surveyed 10,000. They went uh, to 10,000 homes knocking on doors to ask uh, for information. We also, you know, went to the community leaders, uh, whether it's here in the U.S. or abroad. And so there are some ways there to, you know, f find out what are those needs and to gain that research. And then from that to say, okay, how will we uh, do that? Is that something we can do locally? Do we have enough resources, volunteers? So then that way we can step in and do that. Or if do we need help? Maybe uh, there in, in New York, in Queensboro alone, the research has shown that there's so many hundreds of languages that are spoken. And that's something right now, right? We may need some Cambodians to come and help with the work in, uh, in, uh, in that borough. Sure. But right now, where is those connections? And so that's where right now from the general conference, we're wanting to help partner with the divisions and the unions and the local conferences. So then that way we're able to rely on the strength of that network. And so that way, if you need volunteers, that then you can say, you know, I need this language group. I need this literature. I need these resources. So then that way we're able to, to partner together. And so th that's part of that proposal to say, you know, what are those resources that are needed? Another part of the proposal would say, Okay, after you've identified what the needs are you're going to meet, then what are you going to do to then meet those needs? And then what is your plan to point these people to Jesus? Sure. What is that long-term discipleship plan? Maybe you're going to start a small group. Maybe you're going to have a restaurant and you're going to have like a, a lunchtime Bible study. You know, it, there's so many creative ideas, but what is your plan to then help disciple and plant those seeds and, and step by step to lead them to know more about Jesus and our soon and precious hope that we have in his soon return? Yes, yes. And I, I just love this because it continues to remind me about Jesus coming and embedding himself in our world. That's right. And so we are to be incarnational. Uh, these Life Hope Centers are not aloof and apart no. and away from people. Right. They're where the people are. Yeah. So tell me, um, you know, when someone goes to the website and they look at the possible application and sure. they have written a proposal, where can they go for help? Well, this is something right now that... Um, what we experienced, uh, like in uh, some of the countries of Southeast Asia, that we actually found help locally. 
in our local community and local government. Just like I was sharing with that one lady who was actually on that committee. And uh, I, I, on the other side of town, in another uh, Bangkok slum, there we learned that um, from these leaders that they actually needed adult literacy. They needed diabetes education. They wanted computer training to help break that cycle of poverty to help their people in that slum area to then, you know, to break free. And so this is something right now that we're trying to find those resources locally within our Adventist church family that we can also then, uh, through that proposal, we can actually then uh, work with our local conference leadership or mission, uh, the local union and, and the division team to then say, looking at this proposal, if funds are needed, because sometimes, you know, we have, you know, something that can be done locally and we don't need money for that. We can just step in. But others, you know, it may take some resources, especially in an area that there's no, uh, there's and, no and, church. And Doug, hold it right there. And we will return to Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. And we've been talking with Pastor Doug Venn about Life Hope Centers. And Doug, if I live in a huge city like New York or Bangkok, what are some resources that may help me do a better job of connecting with the people there? Well, if you go to our website at that, uh, you know, ministryinmotion.tv and uh, you see the link there, you can actually go to the website and actually uh, register and then you can have access to some incredible resources that have been developed by experts around the world uh, in lifestyle and health. Mm. We have some uh, because right now that's a huge need in our cities. Another great need in our cities is like, uh, how can I get a job? And so that's where we have a course uh, prepared on how to write a resume and how to tune that up. Sounds so like that, practical stuff. Very practical stuff. And then others are more interested uh, with learning about technology. And I know that my kids tease me that I'm a digital dinosaur. And so this is something right now that, you know, sometimes these, you know, devices, you know, you got to figure them out. So we actually have several courses already prepared with uh, PowerPoints and uh, some of these other items that, uh, um, you know, scripts for the speakers. So then that way they're able then to present these um, topics and these classes uh, to um, their community. Wow, well, you know, we've talked about a community assessment, finding out the needs and ask, actually asking the question, you know, how can we serve you best? But what are some ways to build those connections in a yeah. city? Well, this is something right now. And, and I want to interject another okay. question. Sure. Are all cities alike? No, all cities are not <laughs> alike. They are alike in that they have people. Okay. And so all cities have people. And with that comes the joy and uh, the pain. And so there is great hope because of the people, but it's also great darkness because of the problems that they are facing these uh, individuals in the cities. Let's take uh, homelessness and let's mm. take, uh, you know, all of these uh, social problems that uh, are in the city and, you know, the abuse and the, you know, exploitation of workers and uh, racism, all these things right now. So how can the church actually do make a difference in their community? And so this right now, 
our contribution as global mission uh, centers, we are wanting to help the local church, whether you're established church or your church planting, to help build those connections, build those bridges mm. to the world religions to the other uh, faiths, to other cultures, other language groups. And so these resources here, whether they're human resources, experts to help uh, a local uh, territory to, to start understanding, how can we think, you know, what, what, what are the, um, what's the worldview? What is, uh, you know, what is culturally appropriate? So there's human uh, experts. There's also online resources and videos and, and, and other courses that you can then apply. Uh, whatever is n your need in your city. I remember in, in uh, let's uh, pick uh, one city um, in Southeast Asia. It's a sensitive country, so I'm not mentioning the, the name of the, uh, the country. There, uh, we had a hospital, but the city is so huge. The challenge was is that, you know, th that hospital is making impact on this side of town. But because of the connection and that bridge that we had, that goodwill in that community, the government actually uh, approached us. And I was there when the government leader said, you know, we've got another hospital on the other side of town we'd like you to manage. And so this is right now, if we did not have those connections, if we did sure. not have that bridge of friendship, if we did not serve the needs of the community already, and if we just stayed isolated within the four walls of the church, the government would have never come to us and said, you know, can you partner together? And so this is where right now, as a world uh, family, we have this opportunity to understand right now in ways that we're able to build those bridges so then that way we can bring the precious hope of Christ's soon return mm. to the, in these different contexts all around the world. It sounds like partnerships are huge. Yes. Would you agree? That's right. And, and so as we think about partnerships and, and say we're already in the community, how do I assess whether I'm actually making a difference? Are there evaluation tools? Yes. Um, what, what resources do you have to, to help uh, a church know whether they're being relevant or not? Well, this is something right now, uh, one of my uh, colleagues, uh, Pastor Gaspar Colon, he's developed a resource called the uh, Appreciative Inquiry. And so that's where right now we have these tools and you can go to the website, ministryemotion.tv, and you can actually download those to, uh, you know, there'll be links uh, to, the, the, to the website there. So then that way you can start saying, well, are we truly making a difference or how can we fine tune? Maybe we have a community service center. Uh, maybe we're doing a uh, food pantry or maybe we're doing, uh, you know, having a thrift store selling used clothing or things like that. But how can we take that next step? And so that's where right now those kind of tools and resources are available. We also want to um, appeal to our viewers because right now we have so many who God has gifted and called and blessed with so many talents, skills and abilities. And if only we can then harness Maybe there's a, an exec, a retired executive who would then say, you know, I could actually be a consultant. Mm -hmm. And so I want to also send them to that ministryinmotion.tv website. So then that way we're building a, a, um, a, uh, a list where people like these retirees or like these young college students who are willing to give of their human expertise and, uh, and, um, and skills 
So then that way they can serve as consultants. They can then do those Skype calls or, you know, phone calls, or they can maybe even go on site to say, you know, with your restaurant, um, here's, here's the systems and here's the evaluation. So that way we're able to strengthen each other with those skills and abilities. Wow. We're about to run out of time, but if I want to learn more, somebody watching wants to learn more, where, where would they go? Well, again, ministryinmotion.tv, that's where we're going to send the, uh, the viewers here. And this world, there'll be some links and some other, um, you know, handouts there that they can learn more, as well as then they can partner with their local, uh, local uh, Adventist uh, church or uh, local conference and local Adventist leaders. So then that way they can rely on the skill and uh, abilities that God has blessed us with as a world church family. So that way we can then collectively as a team make a difference in the cities. Doug, we're out of time. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a fascinating journey as we've looked at this wonderful subject of having influence in the urban centers. Thank you for joining us on our program, Ministry in Motion. Mm -hmm.